This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Saturday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on BET, Anthony Anderson hosts the 53rd NAACP Image Awards. This year's celebration of black excellence salutes the best and brightest in film, TV, music, literature, and activism. Nominees include Silk Sonic, or Silky Shocky, as we love to call them around here, Queen Latifah, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, Tarana Burke, Misty Copeland, Will Smith, and many more. For updates on special award honorees, performers, and more, visit BET.com. Search and post using hashtag NAACP, NAACP Image Awards. This episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by Hulu, celebrating black history always. With stories like Women of the Movement, Snowfall, Atlanta, Grownish, Power, Living Single, the award-winning Summer of Soul, Hulu original, Wu-Tang and American, Saga, and much more. Hulu highlights stories that showcase black history, past and present, 365 days a year. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. Far away from that life so young, that's when you used to know. Many dreams since then you've had and come and gone and time might show. But stress, don't you let it, don't you forget it. Trust you'll find your way, love. Hope is what your heart is made of. And don't you forget it. Don't you forget your way home from that little girl. Hold on to your world. And don't you forget it. Don't you forget your way home for that little girl. Hold on to your world. Thought I would. Uh, yes, you don't know that. Do you? Remember I do that remember song? that song. I okay. Do. <laughs> I was. I was I like, absolutely. Does she remember do. that? And don't you forget? Who sung that? Glenn, Glenn Lewis. Lewis. Where is Glenn he? Lewis? Anybody did a wellness check on hmm. Glenn Lewis? I have not. I just did a wellness check on the song, but let's see, Glenn Lewis. Where is he now? He looks like a lion. Mm. Oh, but he's not a Leo. Interesting. Oh, he has an Instagram. Let's see. He posted about Sidney Poitier. 
It looks like he's just around with a Caesar cut, you know. Um, <laughs> he let go of his lies. <laughs> he let go of these little twisties. Uh, who's this? Who's that? His parents. Oh, uh, his mother. Okay, that's sweet. Yes, that's kind and nice. Yeah, it looks like he's around. Oh, he's Canadian. Ah. <laughs> He's Canadian. Okay. So much makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he did the Can We Talk challenge. Now, hold on. You know, I, I the can we talk challenge? It wasn't bad. It was. I he was good. I enjoy him. The thing yeah, about the can we yeah. talk challenge for me, I think that we focused on the wrong parts of the song. I feel like I would have loved that the can we talk challenge would have featured the bridge. Mm. That is where the vocal ability mm. shines. You know. And just like a baby, I could not talk. And I tried That's to bridge, come closer, but, okay. but oh, it's not. What's the bridge part? Um, oh, girl, one more chance. Oh, with you again, I will Ooh. not let it go. Oh, oh, oh. give me just Ooh, yes. one more chance. Love, yes, hit it. Love, hey! Love, love, love. Yes! Oh, bless the Woo! niggas with your voice! Yes! I had a good voice day. Today's a good voice. Day. You know they love they love to hear they love to hear <laughs> when Dr. Kia comes through with the vocals, okay? And I am them. Woo! Okay, stop it. Yes, that is actually I probably where the sung challenge that in the wrong key, in. though. I think I was in the wrong key, but, I, I but it's fine. I I am not the <laughs> judge of that. Wrong All I key, know girl. Is it sounded motherfucking good uh, to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, who else did this? Now I'm curious. I'm just gonna hit the hashtag. No. Oh my god! Oh, Everybody did it. Are you Mario kidding? did it? Everybody did it. Mario, did you see Mario's? Probably. Mario. Uh, Mario. Mario. Let's see. I want to know your name. Now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We late. did that. The girls are gonna be like, "Y'all so late." Oh my god. The 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 challenge is not, like four months old at this point. Wait, not Kim Fields doing it. Sing, Tootie. Oh no, she's just talking. I was about I to say, Tootie. Tootie better sing. Wait, but now I'm a little. You got to do this on your okay, own I time. Know, I heard tanks. I know you're right. I'm sorry. Because Jade is Jade is really three months into. The, I mean, we we. This was months ago at this point. Okay. You're late. You know I'd be late to the party. Late to you the party. You know I'd be late, but I always show up. Yes, we haven't even greeted the people. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to. Oh, grown. praise the Lord, niggas. How y'all doing? Everybody doing all right? 
Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You doing, How you doing? I'm doing you okay. Doing? I'm doing okay. I don't have any complaints. I'm safe. I have what I need. We're doing, we're doing well. Very, very good. Also, same in addition to mm-hmm. uh, we are recording early on the holiday and everything is good. So we're very happy to be here. We have a wonderful guest and a so wonderful good. conversation for the kitchen table. So I'm really excited for you all to get into that. Um, but you want to get into some trash before we let's do it. Let's do it. Nigga. Yeah. Before we get into the trash, I wanted to just shout out all of you. We got so much positive feedback on last week's show. Yes. The Culture Karaoke <laughs> was a big, huge hit. So many of you have reached yes. out to me to share that you too sing the raps. Mm-hmm. You are my mm-hmm. people. You are my community. Uh, and yeah, let's have a good time. I think we should we should play we should play karaoke more frequently because it seems as though everyone. Yeah, I think what we need to pick me up. That's what we need to do. Yeah, that's what we need to do. I thoroughly enjoyed last week's episode, uh, recording it, and so good. Um, got I I don't even go back and listen to the episode. Me neither. <laughs> but I don't like to hear uh, myself. I yes did have to go back. <laughs> Just to that portion to hear you re-sing. Many men patiently waiting. And um, I, you didn't do a lot of pimp. I wanted more of that. But you hit us with a quick, I don't know what you're about me. <laughs> and I, it, it blessed me just as much as it did while we were recording it. So I, too, Got a lot of joy from last week's episode. That's what it's all about. Um, joy, joy, joy. And we do joy, thank joy. you all for the support. Down in our souls. Joy in our hearts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so let's get into this trash, shall we? Let's let's trash it up. Yes. So we'll keep our conversation minimal around this because we actually got a little bit more into it on Patreon. You got to join to get in on that good mess. But Kiki Wyatt is pregnant. Mm. Yet again, again, with her 11th child. She and all and we have to say here on this main show is um, we pray that she has a healthy pregnancy yes. and her and the baby are, you know, do very, very well. Mm-hmm. That's we all wish them we want. We're well. rooting for everyone. Yeah. But we did get into the ins and outs on the Patreon. Yeah. Y'all um, should take a walk. So you over got there. to. <coughs> Check it you out. know, including figuring out all of their names, all of um, their names, <laughs> and we want we did a little a little deep dive into mm-hmm. you know Kiki's on her third marriage and is now you know you know the mother of eleven. So we we sort of dug into some of that business. Mm-hmm. So please, it's there for yes. your listening pleasure and enjoyment. Please, yeah, ease on down the road. Yes, indeed. Um. So I know not everybody is excited about this, but there's going to be a Martin 30th anniversary special. I saw. Okay, hosted by Martin and the original cast. Yes. Obviously, um, without uh, Tommy. Tommy, mm. because he's passed away. Tommy Strong. Um, but how do you feel about this? I am nervous, but excited. <laughs> I am, I am, 
there are parts of me that feel like this can be very good. And then there are parts of me that are worried that what mm-hmm. if it is not as I feel like I have, cause you know, Martin is like a standard, right? We hold our, we hold it in very high regard and black television. It is revered in a way for being this monument of black television, right? That, you know, this undeniable yeah. mm-hmm. culture, like it's a time within our culture it's like, you know, what? Like there are, mm-hmm. there have been yeah. whole conversations about Martin. And so I'm worried that what what it, what will be done in this season, this iteration will live up to that standard. I am concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that this will be done in a way that will honor the legacy as I really want it to. How do you feel? What are your thoughts? I agree. I'm like, you know, Sometimes we just have to let beautiful things be. Um, but it would be nice, I guess, to see them all come back together. Mm-hmm. That would be nice, especially because there's been, you know, we, we, you know, there's been a lot of different reports, you know, in the past about, you know, how their relationships and Martin being inappropriate with Tisha Campbell. So I'm hoping, you know, in them coming back together that he's taken accountability for that. And, you know, clearly they've made some sort of amends. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I hope it just in a black uh, regard or whatever it is I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be nice to see that, you know, just kind of as like that was a moment for us. Um, I uh, understand people's sentiments around how the show has aged Mm -hmm. and, you know, it may not be for them. And I fully understand all of that. But I, you know, I think culturally it will be I'm excited to see them all come back together. Um, And I is Tisha Campbell. I mean, not Tisha Campbell. Is Tashina Arnold supposed to be a part? She is. She is. Yeah, she she is. is. Okay, good. See, that makes me happy. Yeah, she's so like I'm glad that. You know, nobody's missing. We know Tommy is missing because he's he's since passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see like that core come back together and nobody's missing from that. It always sucks when it's like one person and then it's like, well, well what do we need this for? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they were able to, you know, get to a place where they're able to do this. And I know they'll, you know, all of them will be happy to do that as well. So I'm excited to see what happens from it. Yes. <laughs> I guess I am a little nervous as well. I'm very <laughs> sitting on pins Which and needles. I'm flubbering all over the place. But I, yeah, I'm we're hopeful. See. I'm very hopeful. I want this to be done right. Let me see when this is supposed to come out. So this is set... For BET Plus, actually. Okay. Um, and it's due... Oh, okay. They're going to pay a special tribute to Thomas Michael Ford because he passed February 20th mm-hmm. is, the, um, is the day that he passed. Yeah, and so I think they're yesterday. doing it around that time. Yesterday is... Yeah. Oh, sh- that was February 20th? Oh, shit. Today's okay. the 21st. Let me get on BET Plus then. Oh, is Child, it on? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to see if it's down to the BET Plus. Let me get on the BET we, Plus. We will report back. Yes, we will. Um, so I guess LeBron, LeBron James' son was Bronny accepted Bron. to the NBA. Yes, why well, he was he drafted in? I don't remember, but uh, I believe he was drafted he, in, and yeah, definitely. Bronny and James. you know, I, I love to see it. You know, Same. white people practice nepotism all the time, so why not just let that flow on over here? Um, and I'm sure he's just probably got the skills of his father also as well. Mm-hmm. But Bronny is going to be in the NBA and LeBron 
said that wherever Bronny ends up in the NBA, that is where he's going to retire and play his final year so him and his son can play together. And I think that is just absolutely beautiful. I love to see it. I can't I wait. I think that is beautiful. Exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yes. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to be enter the draft until like 2024 or something no, like that. No, I don't think so either. But um, I don't think so either. But yes, it's looking like. You know, he is uh, headed into the NBA, which is exciting. I'm excited. Headed to the NBA. I love it. I just love their whole family. Listen, I know we haven't talked about this, and I don't really intend to. I just wanted to address the fact that we wasn't talking about it. All right. I know Kanye is all just, you know, spreading... Mm. All over the internet, just just making sure he covers everybody in his Kanye gravy. But um, y'all are getting enough of that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you're getting enough. I think we're all getting enough. You know, every time you turn on is something. And so that's that's just why we're not really talking about that down here at the kitchen table. Because, you know, whatever. Um so, you know, we always have to talk about each versus. <laughs> I think this particular one, neither one of us watched, <laughs> but there have been some reports back, so mm. we must discuss just a All little right. bit of it. All right. And that was between Anthony Hamilton, original voice of the ancestors, and music soul child <laughs> in his eye. <laughs> um, oh, now, Lord. it was reported that originally this was supposed to be a pay-per-view hmm. situation. I had heard but because that because of the the people were saying the backlash. Yes, there was speculation that uh, <laughs> uh, the versus was going to charge some sort of fee to gain access to this, and I think that they observed the public outcry when everyone on mm-hmm. Instagram was like, "Absolutely not!" Um, that like, might have <laughs> that. that might have you know sort of caused them to reconsider uh, but yes in in any case um ain't nobody got time for paying for no daggone verses that's not what we finna do we're not definitely not doing it i'm i will protest hard by everybody's crazy you will never see me at another verses no again way. i'll make my own verses is going to well, be a compilation you of youtube videos back and forth of two artists i'm like they're kidding. and we can all convene there kidding me but they think what i am not paying swiss beats period nor you timbaland won't to to watch these niggas sing Get i'm sorry i'm not doing it right now you all and it's because of the premise of why versus was created in the first place because it completely like i understand you know there needs to come a point where people figure out how to monetize and and cap you know uh uh capitalism right. is just the just the language of our country i get all of that but no you niggas is too rich you got too many sponsors and you did this for the people don't take it away from the people yes. so i guess they heard the cries and said okay well we're getting ready to lose tons of viewership I let's mean, not do that so much So as far as the actual verses, you know, Anthony Hamilton blessed everybody again with all of the ancestors' voices. And music, apparently, um, I don't know if he was, like, banned from singing the original version of his own songs. This is is (laughs) fascinating. What fascinates me about all of this is that 
we this is not new if you if you have been paying attention if you have ever heard if you've heard music soul child sing live anywhere he has done this anyone who showed up to the verses expecting him not to do this i feel like must have never experienced a music soul child concert or event because he Mm -hmm. is not the person he is not the artist that's going to sing things as they were recorded he always puts his live spin version on something Mm -hmm. and i remember it was years ago when i went to i've been to one music he wasn't even like the headliner but he was at uh you know some sort of concert event and he was one of the performing um acts and i vowed that that was the last time i would ever Mm. subject Mm. myself to him live (laughs) because it is maddening like like as someone you go to the concert for the experience of like you know you know connecting with with a song that you're familiar with because you've listened to it on the record so I'm all for artists expressing themselves and sort of, you know, putting a little a little sauce on the live. But music rewrites. He like it's like this is not the same song we heard. Music, we can't sing along with yeah. this. Leave us yeah, alone. Yeah, no. And he's like, maybe I don't want you niggas to sing along. I'm doing this on purpose. Throw you off. Hate it. But if niggas hate it, then you need to stop doing it because I then they're gonna not want to see you perform. Hate it. I hate it. Everything about me hates it. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I don't. And I you're not said, even like you're not like Jasmine Sullivan, right? Like Jasmine yes. can do whatever she wants to, because truth be told, you niggas. And when I say you, yes, me included, <laughs> cannot keep up with Jasmine and her runs and her. But they're like so perfectly placed. Yes. And, you know, uh, changes and oh, the key change right there. And then, you know, the different like we like we just can't keep up with that. And so we want to just see her sing the song. Right. So however she chooses to sing it, you do that. Music, soul, fucking child. You cannot sing that well. <laughs> and this, this is coming from me. You can't sing that well to be doing all of that. <laughs> you need to sing the one, four, three, just the fucking way it is on the album so I can sing it with you. God damn it. Okay? So I'll just say it numerically. Stop. From my heart to you. One, four, three. That's all we need. Like, that's all we want to hear, nigga. And a na, 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 na. That's it. Na. So. Yes. Bless him. But uh, Anthony Hamilton also can do whatever he wants because Anthony Hamilton's voice is just soothing to your belly. It's like warm milk (laughs) when when you can't go to sleep. Like... (laughs) Oh. Like it's a hot piece of catfish. Listen. It's a steaming bowl of gumbo done properly. Like Anthony Hamilton's voice is just and the Hamiltons. Please, I get mean, out of here. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm much more of a Hamiltons fan than I am an Anthony Hamilton fan. And uh, I'm not an Anthony Hamilton fan of his music. I just feel like he has such a warmth. Yes, <laughs> there is a very home-like quality to his voice. Yeah. It sounds yeah, like it's like those it's like that one cheese mac and cheese. It's like grandma's hands. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm so mad at myself. I said Aaron Neville's. I meant Bill Withers. <laughs> like I was so mad at myself last week. I thought about it. it haunted me for like. Oh, I was like, did I say Aaron Neville? You did. God damn, and I, I was over Bill here Withers. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Aaron Neville. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to make fun. We used, but, to, we used to when he sung. He was on some Christmas special years ago, and I was making fun of him singing "Oh Holy Night." And for years, my mother, <laughs> my mother would make me do it. <laughs> oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our <laughs> Savior's Why did you sing like that? Can sin an arrow pounding till he and his soul felt his worth. I'm like, this man made millions of dollars sounding like that. Uh, he did. Fascinating. Wa- I see, and he's not short either. No, he's it's tall. a very big man. He's a big man. That's a big nigga. That's a big. I Could you imagine him his big, down, broad um, shoulders? Like the- oh, we was. Holy <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding? You're kidding. Who is this? Me and my sister was walking in a flat iron and. All of a sudden, he um like we passed him, and we was like, "Is that Aaron Neville?" Yes. I was like, "I think that's Aaron Neville." Yes, and is. he goes, "Hello," <laughs> and waved to us. <laughs> he had on a leather jacket that was too small, some jeans, some cowboy boots, the best story. and one little dangling earring. Hello, and, and I was like, "I think that's Aaron Neville." He goes, "Hello, hello, <laughs> hello." It was a random moment. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all I got for the trash job. <laughs> and the soul felt his word. <laughs> a thrill of hope. The wicked <laughs> world rejoices. For yonder breaks. Oh, my God. A oh new and glorious morn. <laughs> <laughs> I see why your mother made you. She used to make me do like she used, and she <laughs> would just sit at the table and laugh until tears. And I would just be doing it like a bit, like a little dummy, just all in the kitchen. <laughs> Fall on your knees. <laughs> She'd be like, Takia, please. My face hurts so bad. <laughs> this is what we do at my house because we're ridiculous. Oh, my God. All of us. Oh, my God. Yes. Fall oh. on your knees. <laughs> it's to echo because you're happy. Holy night. Every time you XD make fun of him, all we do is go. The shining. <laughs> it is the night. <laughs> Shut up, Aaron Neville. <laughs> Save your birds. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Aaron Neville is kidding me. He is absolutely kidding me. Whoa. My sister's popping right now. This week's shout out is we're gonna we're gonna shout out and segue right into our kitchen table talk. This week we're we're yes. shouting out. The ever-brilliant Dr. Kelly Ruglis, a licensed psychologist specializing um, 
in uh, eating disorders um, and and bringing uh, shedding light and illuminating mm-hmm. uh, eating disorders um, and all of the various ways they impact uh, communities, more specifically marginalized communities. We want to lift up um, and share our platform with her because we believe that she's doing amazing work highlighting um, you know you know food uh, and, and our relationship with food as a social ju- as a social justice matter um, and and mm-hmm. really equipping families um, and individuals to combat all of the misinformation that exists out there around maintaining a healthy lifestyle and a healthy relationship with food and exercise you guys are going to have so much fun uh, fun and yes. also learn so much during our kitchen table talk uh, segment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to put all of Dr. Kelly's um, ac- uh, website information, social media information in the description box. Please check her out um, and, you know, tell her that Please. getting grown sent you. We're going to have her back on the show because our conversation was so rich. Um, so listen, take notes. And ask your questions so that when we have Dr. Kelly back, we'll have some some more pointed, uh, directed sort of conversation. Um, but yeah. let's keep this conversation going. It's a very important matter. Um, you know, food mm-hmm. is so central to who we are as a people. And it's important for us to really contextual, contextualize that and situate it properly um, in, yes. in, in our efforts to sort of be healthy in, in all different ways. So shout out to you, Dr. Kelly. We love you so much. Yes. Thank you for the dope work that you're doing. And y'all check out, check out the kitchen table talk segment, honey. Cause here it comes. This black history month, as we reflect on trailblazing historical figures, LinkedIn is also celebrating those working to build a better tomorrow. That's why they're sharing the journeys of black entrepreneurs who started with a vision And then inspired and championed by the communities around them, they became success stories that inspire us all. People like Jason Maiden, founder of the sneaker company Super Heroic, who was first inspired as a kid after seeing a pair of stylish sneakers. He felt like they could give him superpowers. That's the feeling he hopes all kids have when they wear his shoes. Or Yelitsa Jean Charles, founder of Healthy Roots Dolls, whose passion sparked when she noticed none of the dolls she saw looked like her. So she created some, not just for her, but for everyone who's felt overlooked. Join the conversations happening on LinkedIn this month to share how you or those in your community are doing the same. LinkedIn, welcome professionals. I want to take a moment to talk about something I care about, a functioning democracy. Maybe you've noticed this too, but there's been a lot of bad news on that front recently. I know it can be tempting to tune it all out, but it's so important that we stay engaged. The good news is that there are tangible ways we can all help fix things. Here's one way. A bunch of us in the podcast community have partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan organization, to spread the word about efforts to protect our elections and pass laws that will make our government truly of, by, and for the people. We're doing this because America faces urgent anti-democratic threats. 19 states passed laws last year that make it harder to vote. Election workers are quitting in droves because of threats and harassment. There's a coordinated campaign to put people in charge of our elections who don't believe in democracy. But there are things we can do together to ensure free and fair elections. If you care about the state of our democracy like we do, it's time for all of us, independents, progressives, and conservatives, to put country over party and take a stand. Head to represent 
us slash podcast to learn more. That's represent.us slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are thrilled. Exact, exactly. Ex- I mean, actually excited. I'm sorry. It's early. I can't talk. We are thrilled to have a very special guest with us at the kitchen table. Um, she is um, a friend of a close friend, and I feel like we're going to be friends, fast friends really soon. But I want to welcome Dr. Kelly Rugless to the kitchen table. She is a counselor, um, um, a psychologist. I'll tell, I'll let her talk a little bit about more about her background, but she has some special expertise that I thought would make for great kitchen table talk. So before we get to all of the nitty gritty, how are you, Dr. Kelly? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm doing good. Yeah. It's a sunny day. I'm waiting for this you know, weather to turn, but I'm doing well. Yes. Good luck yes. with that. We heard, so, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kelly told us she just um, com- uh, just moved across country. Yes. So she is over here on the East Coast with us coming from the most beautiful weather in the country. So I, <laughs> I pray your peace eternally, my sister, because it's not to hotep you to death, but my God, you're going to need it. <laughs> Pray for me. Pray. How has your first How has your first winter winter been here in the DMV? This is actually my second winter. Um, okay. okay. And it's okay because I was I lived here once before, and when I lived here before, right. that was when it was like snowmageddon and the worst snow anybody <laughs> had ever seen. And I moved here, and everybody yes. said oh, we get mild winters, oh, it's nothing, you're going to be fine. And I was dying. So this actually feels much better than what it did my first go around. It fluctuates. It fluctuates. It does. does. But we're happy to have you. So you did mention that you were on the East Coast before, which I think ties a smidge into what we're going to talk about today. So what, what were you out here for before? And tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am a licensed clinical psychologist and a part of how we become psychologists is through different training opportunities throughout graduate school. So we have an internship and we have a fellowship that we have to complete and Mm -hmm. you get it based off matching, just like medical school students do where Mm -hmm. you just apply Mm -hmm. and then you get matched wherever I ended up getting matched in Baltimore, Maryland. So I did my internship and my fellowship out here in Maryland, and that's where I actually got my first introduction into feeding and eating disorders. Um, and I actually mm-hmm. worked with the little kids, if the extremely picky eating, picky eating to the point where they're not growing. So that's where mm-hmm. I actually got my first um, experience with um, eating disorders, and it sort of set me up from then on to move into all the other stuff that I do. Mm. That's such a fascinating um, route to take within, you know, psychology and in that field. And I don't hear that very often. That's not a conversation that we have very often within our community. What um, led you in that direction in the first place? Was that something that you kind of fell into as you were already looking into the program or please talk to us about that? I completely fell into eating disorders. It was not, I don't have the story that some people have of like having this desire in my heart and then working hard and making it all happen. It did not work like that for me. In fact, when I started my graduate school training, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work with black people and communities of color, marginalized groups. I knew I wanted to work with 
you know, different age groups, children, adolescents, adults, but I didn't know in what capacity. And I actually remember saying the last thing I want to work with is eating disorders because I just felt like I don't know anything about it. I've never met anybody that has one. It seems real weird and I just don't want to do it. Um, so mm-hmm. I came into it through my different training experiences. And I think what ended up sealing it for me was recognizing that eating disorders are actually a social justice issue. And I had Mm -hmm. never, it had never been presented to me that way in anything Mm -hmm. that I'd seen on TV and anything that I had read about. It had never been presented as a social justice food access issue. And in the Black community and in a lot of communities, it really is. Yeah. Yes. Here, I, that, wow. How was, that, did that spark something in me? No, no, no. Yeah, I think, I think, because I think, I mean, if I'm honest, right, you know, I love that framing of, of it being a social justice issue is I think we don't, we don't look at things through those lenses as often, as frequently as, as we should, right? Really thinking about these things as implications of a larger system. Because I mean, even thinking back to my own childhood, you know, and I'm gonna be real honest. Like I thought that eating disorders was something that white girls struggled with. It was not something. It was not something that. It was not something that. It was like it was literally just. It just felt like you know. Oh, that's not our business. Not our issue. Yeah. Not you know. And, yeah. And I think up in the bathroom and we don't it's do like, that. You know, exactly. That's like how we case. saw it. We saw it on TV and movies, sort of presented in that way, mm-hmm. and it was just something that. It wasn't even a thought. Um, But when I think also at the same time about my own journey, like I have, um, you know, we've talked about on the show before. I am not shaped like the like the women in my family. Mm -hmm. I've always been curvy, thicker than my mom was when she was my age at any given point in my life. And she made that very clear to me very early on. Mm -hmm. And so I very Throughout my childhood, it was always, you know, thinking about, you know, I was put on my first diet in the in the seventh grade, Ooh. like, mm-hmm. and and it was like a thing. It was like mm-hmm. everybody in the house knew that Kia wasn't supposed to eat these things, mm-hmm. and so it, you know, my relationship with food, you know, I have very early memories of of that. And when I, the more that I'm learning, um, you know, through your through your resources, through the conversations that you have on your on your story, uh, Kelly. Um, you know, lots of this stuff sounds very familiar to my experience. And I'm over here like, well, okay. (laughs) So, so walk us back. I mean, let's, let's talk generally. Okay. Since this is something that is, it's been, uh, sort of foreign to us. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the basics of just unpacking what eating disorders are and what they are not. Absolutely. So if we just, let's go again, basic, basic, basic definition of an eating disorder is a disruption between you and your relationship with food and exercise. It might not be both of those. It might be one, it might be the other, but ultimately Mm -hmm. all eating disorders have to do with a disruption, right? And when I'm talking Mm -hmm. about a disruption, I mean, when we're born, there are very few skills that we're born with. Right. Most skills we got to learn over time. We need our parents to help us. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to eating, we're actually born knowing when we're hungry 
and when we're full. Mm -hmm. That's one of the Mm -hmm. basic skills that we have. So when I say Mm -hmm. disruption, I mean something gets in the way of our ability to just listen to our hunger and our fullness cues, right? So that means you're hungry and you're saying, nope, not right now. Nope, can't eat that. Nope, that's off limits. Or we're full and we're still going for more and we're not Mm -hmm. stopping and we don't feel like we can stop. So that's what I mean by a disruption. We've got our hunger and our fullness cues and something has happened that makes it really hard to listen to them. And then within that umbrella of eating disorders, you've got anorexia nervosa, you've got bulimia nervosa, you've got binge eating disorder, and then you have avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, and then a few rarer ones like rumination disorder and pica disorder. But I think the ones that are most common, particularly in the black community, if I start at the top, binge eating disorder is the most common. And Mm -hmm. binge eating disorder is where you eat a large amount of food in a small period of time. And as you're Mm -hmm. eating, you don't like you do not feel like you can stop. You feel out Mm -hmm. of control and you are just sort of a slave to whatever's happening inside of you. And then when it's done, it's done. Mm -hmm. And then you're usually filled with a lot of guilt and shame afterwards. But you don't do anything about it. You don't restrict your food. You don't throw up or any other purging behavior. Mm -hmm. You just Mm -hmm. have these moments where you eat a lot in a short period of time. The next one is bulimia nervosa. And that one is where you, you have a binge, same thing, sh- a lot of food, short period of time, but you do something about it, which means you mm-hmm. either throw up or you use laxatives, right? Things that make you go to the bathroom, um, diuretics, things that make you pee, or you exercise. A lot of people get really confused about bulimia via exercise because everybody thinks exercise is always a good thing. But bulimia, no, 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 no. no. Overexercise (laughs) is the thing, right? Overexercise is the thing. So bulimia. Let me tell you because I've been seeing these. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I be. Some of these people be. I I see them. They will eat and they will run. Exactly. Immediately. Exactly. I think you know. I I have to be honest that I mean that sort of transactional way of looking at food is something that I feel like was was born into me absolutely because it was I remember when I told you when I when I say that I was put on my first diet in seventh grade my mom and I mean I mean not to throw her under the bus okay I don't want this to be I I know that I don't think my mother intentionally did any of these things but I I think (laughs) given what she knew at the time she felt like she was helping Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but there were times when it was like I felt like I would I would exercise to earn the ability to eat Absolutely. things that I wanted. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. that I feel very bad. Like, you know, and Jade will tell you, I was, I mean, I say on the show, I didn't get on the bike today and I just been eating, eating, or, you know, I didn't do this today. And I feel like I feel better about allowing myself to eat when I can work out mm-hmm. or know that I am working out. And it feels mm-hmm. like I'm, I am, that transactional way is something that, it really resonates with me. Yeah. Oh, but listen, it, my mother put me on the Mayo Clinic diet, child. She put me literally. on the Mayo. Yeah, I got on the Mayo Clinic, like half a grapefruit. You can have a cup exactly. of coffee. You can have a tea because we were going on a cruise. And, and, mm-hmm. and to your point, Dr. Kelly, about binge eating within our community, I think that's very important. And I'm going to pass it yes. right on back to you. Mm-hmm. No, because um, the food tastes good. Let's talk it's about It's delicious. That. Food tastes good. <laughs> it's delicious. It is our food tastes better than, and, than and everybody else's food. It's comforting. Yes. And then we don't realize mm-hmm. how it's feeling. So when you talk about social justice, 
which Key and I are working on something down the line and I'm not going to go too much into it, but my aspect of it is food deserts and how that plays into us as a people. Um, And I have some, uh, some family members where they, you know, I've gotten phone calls in the past where it's like, Hey, I think such and such has a problem. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they have a problem? Well, they, because they ate a whole cake in their car. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So as you were talking, those are some of the things that were coming up for me. Right. And where I'm like, yeah, that does seem to be a big part of what's going on within our community when it comes to eating disorders. But please speak more to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm done right No, but it is. It's a really big part of our community, right? So we don't think of bulimia as, oh, I just ate this donut, girl. I better make sure I hit the treadmill. We think of that mm-hmm. as just normal, everyday, taking yes. care of yourself conversation. Absolutely. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not at mm-hmm. all. Something's wrong when we feel like we have to earn something that our body requires in order to live. Mm. We can't live without food. We literally need it. So the idea that we have guilt and shame surrounding the things that we're eating is not fair. It's not fair. Mm. And there are some real businesses and entities that are making money and are profiting off of this mindset. So they're you taking know, it. I feel like they take advantage. It's got to be do. exploitative at this point. It absolutely yeah, is. It absolutely is. There's a reason why there's always a new vegetable that's popular and there's a new X, Y, Z that everybody's got to have. And if you're not eating that, you're not healthy enough. It's all a machine, right? It's marketing. Yeah. It's a, it's a big machine where a lot of companies are making a lot of money off of it. And then the other eating disorder I want to mention is anorexia nervosa because I think that one more than anyone else is one where black people feel like that is not us. We, you know, Mm -hmm. I will ask black people, tell me about your food. And they'll be like, look at me. I don't have no food problems. You don't need to, (laughs) you don't need to ask any more questions. Do you see me? Everything. We ain't missing no meals over here. We're good. But you cannot look at someone and you cannot look at yourself and know if you have anorexia or not. Anorexia is not just for the extremely thin. That is a group of people that have it. But there's a form of anorexia where you binge eat and you purge, which means you might not be extremely thin. And then there's a form of anorexia where you're a normal body weight, right? Because Mm -hmm. the challenge with anorexia is that your body goes under stress when you lose too much weight too quickly. So it doesn't matter if you're going from 300 pounds to 200 pounds, your body's going to have the same stress response as someone who's Mm -hmm. going from 150 to 80. Right. So people mm-hmm. feel like, well, look at me, I can't possibly. And it's like, no, if if you're obsessed about food, if you are really afraid of gaining weight, if you are if your body image plays a larger role in your overall identity than it should, mm-hmm. you probably have anorexia and black mm-hmm. people. We don't get it as much as white people and other racial groups get it. But when we do, it's more severe and it takes longer to recover from. So Mm. it's something that we Mm. need to be aware of. And you mentioned, Kia, your mother, and how she was doing the best that she could do, right? Most of our mothers and grandmothers were coming at it from a place of survival, right? They were coming at it from a place of like, you're going to get made fun of, people are, you're not going to get married, Mm -hmm. you're going to X, Y, Z. So I got to do this for you to help you. I, I remember my grandmother, may she rest in peace, gave... All, there's a my mother's family has um, ten siblings in the family, mm-hmm. and it's seven girls, and they all had kids. So it was a bunch of cousins, lots of girl cousins. 
there was one year where my grandmother gave every single girl cousin of age a thigh master. Oh, child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's all I said my grandmother have, would do. That we need to have a show. We, keep, we need to have a show. We need, we, we're going to have a conversation about like the trauma. Yes. Like, there are certain things. There are just certain right. things it's wild. That, I, that are... Ooh. Can you imagine? Oh, you my grandmother was a gift? ballerina. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you squeeze. And you squeeze. Right. <laughs> my grandmother my is is a ballerina, mm. and she yeah. is a very vain woman. She's still alive, <laughs> so I don't need to. <laughs> She's a very vain woman who has always had very, very, very skewed views mm. of yeah. not only her own body but everybody <clears throat> else's. Right. So you come mm-hmm. through, you gain eight pounds. She's going to notice it. And Absolutely. Say, She's going to say, you're getting say a little thick. Oh, yeah. You're getting a little oh, thick. Yeah. You know, and these, again, oh. these are women who are doing the best that they can, right? Who are coming yeah. from, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother was uh, born and raised in South Carolina and North Carolina and has mm-hmm. stories of the KKK coming into her neighborhood and mm-hmm. pulling different people out their homes. So, you know, when you think about the trauma and the stress and, and where they came from, they're trying mm. to give you any edge possible. And whether they had the yeah. words yeah. for it or not, they knew that the thinner yeah. you looked or the more you could fit into a mold, the better treatment you were going to receive. In society. I also yeah. wanted mm-hmm. to I wanted to add another, because another thing that I think I'm learning as I get older, and I want to get your insight on this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm realizing as I look back and work through with my therapist around a lot of these things. But um, I feel like, I've, you know, I think especially coming up in the church, and I've shared this with Jade, a lot of times as a curvy person, there's, you know, this hypersexualization mm-hmm. and it happens especially to young girls, you know? And I think a lot yeah. of my mom's weight stuff was about me trying to keep me small and looking innocent and more childlike when my body mm-hmm. was naturally doing, you know, the things right. that it was meant to do. Okay. And mm-hmm. so... I feel like a lot, I'm realizing as I'm going back through some of this stuff, a lot of this stuff wasn't so much about weight as it was about body shape. And mm-hmm. I'm recognizing that I think there's a conflation there too, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Absolutely. some of us have big booties just because we are born that way, no matter what we eat, no, right. ma- no matter what <laughs> we do, no whether we exercise <laughs> or do not. There's some of us who are just going to have mm-hmm. booties. And Absolutely. so it's and so learning to accept that and embrace it as opposed to trying to resist it by exercising it off or trying to work to shame yourself or contort mm-hmm. your body into things that it's not worth doing and using food as this sort of like lever or yeah. like, you know, carrot that you wave in front of somebody's face in order to make them look how you want them to look is a really big issue and I was wondering especially since you work with small children young girls I wonder if that's a thing like is there language for that around like yeah you know a lot of this being we don't want think you know you don't want to get too big because if you get too big too thick men gonna start looking and Absolutely. all of this other stuff I feel like a lot of that was in no, there I think that's mm-hmm. a big I think in communities of color not just black communities but in communities mm-hmm. where the body type, the natural body type might just be curvy. You know, you might mm-hmm. just have breasts by the time you're in eighth grade, you know, you might yeah. have mm-hmm. hips and this and that at a much younger age than maybe some other racial groups. There is this 
push to either cover it or conceal it or lose it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is in an effort to protect you from advances from men that are, you know, aggressive Mm -hmm. or not warranted. But the other piece is that, you know, patriarchy plays a really big role in in Mm, how women's bodies are controlled. And I think Mm -hmm. there's always been, especially in the church, there's always been this emphasis on protecting a man from himself, right? Oh, Oh, look at your body. Oh, you got to cover up. (laughs) He going to do this. And and, it was always our fault. Our responsibility. Not to tip tip them. And it becomes our body's fault. Not to tip. And it becomes our body's fault, (laughs) right? Yes. It's a body shaming thing. Yeah, don't wear that. Don't wear That's too tight. That's too short. Put a slip on so it falls right. Your booty shaking. Exactly. All these things. All these things that we've got to do in order to protect men from our bodies. It communicates yes. a very terrible message about our bodies. It communicates yes, absolutely, you know, from the get that there's something wrong that we need yeah. yes. to work yeah. on. And it does lend itself to body image becoming a bigger part of our identity than it actually is. Like mm-hmm. body image, of course, you are you live in a body. Your body matters. There's no it's not like you can't say it's not a part of our identity, but when you're having right. a great day and things are going fantastic, and you happen to catch a reflection of yourself that you don't like, and then your whole day is ruined, that's how you know Mm -hmm. that body image is playing too much of a role. That it has the potential to overwhelm all other amazing things that you're doing, and that's that's not okay. It's frightening, because I have an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old daughter, uh, headed into nine. She also is in dance, she's in ballet. Mm. And so I'm really grateful that she goes to an all-black ballet school, and it doesn't seem like the emphasis is on that. But I know as people progress within, you know, different fields, that sometimes that start they let other mentalities seep in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have we at home here? We try to we we try to do nothing but big her up. You know, she got a little belly. It mm-hmm. is what it is. She's a little kid. She's supposed to. I try to, to be sure. Not, she's supposed to. Mm-hmm. I don't poke it. I try mm-hmm. not. I don't pinch it. Mm-hmm. I don't comment on comment on it. But do you have some tools, maybe, or some things that you've seen with dealing with younger kids, um, to try to prevent some of those things that maybe we came up with yeah. that we don't even realize are put off and may not be as obvious. Yeah, I think when it comes to raising kids the best thing that you can do is work on your own relationship with your body mm-hmm. and how you mm-hmm. speak about it in the atmosphere. Kids really soak in more of how you speak in general than what you say to them directly. Oftentimes, if you say a nice thing or a, a comforting thing, they're just going to be like, oh, my mom just says that because she's my mom. But they're mm-hmm. listening to how you joke about you Lizzo. They're listening to how mm. you joke, how you what you say when you try something on and you don't like how it fits you. So I find that if if mothers in particular mm-hmm. work on their own ability to love themselves, their own ability mm-hmm. to be open to their body changing and open to the fact that, you know, I'm healthy, but I might not look the way everybody wants me to look. If you can start having those sort of conversations out loud and in their presence, that's the biggest impact a mother can have is honestly how she talks about herself. <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. We're doing a good job. Good. I've adopted a very 
fuck it, we ball over here about my body. I'm like, listen, I like food. And I tell her, I'm like, did you drink your water today? If I get on her, yeah. it's more so about I'm cleaning out your Healthy lunchbox. Things. I know yeah. you didn't drink your, your water today. Right. You need to drink your water because that's what's good for your body. That's exactly. how you flush toxins out. That's how you keep yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. But I try not to talk about, oh, I'm getting, I got to go do this. I try not to do that right. in general, right. but especially in front of her. Because I don't want her. Because I'll see her sometimes doing the sucking. Mm. And she picked that shit up from TV. Yeah. Well, she'll mm-hmm. do it. You know, I want to wear the midriff. And she'll do the sucking. I'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. You're good. Yeah. Let it hang. Let right. it do what it needs to do. You focus on your health. Eat your exactly. apples. Drink your exactly. water. If you mm-hmm. want a treat, have a treat. We try to keep Absolutely. it real balanced. Absolutely. Balance okay. is key. We- and um, having a mentality of all foods fit, right? That mentality just means mm-hmm. you don't need to say no junk food, no this, this. It's just sort of like, look. Every food has something your body can use. It's a matter of mm-hmm. looking at what you ate, looking at what your day looks mm-hmm. like to make a decision about it, mm-hmm. right? There doesn't need to be any mm-hmm. guilt and shame. If you want to eat the donut, eat it. So mm-hmm. you ate it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Your body knows Stop screaming about it. how you ate a half a bag of chips in front of your right. kids. It's aggravating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, it teaches your kids to have this relationship with food where they're going to feel guilty and ashamed because when you say that something's bad and wrong, then when you do it, you feel guilt and shame. And there's literally no value in guilt and shame Mm -hmm. when it comes to feeding yourself. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. Mm. I'm learning that guilt and shame doesn't, doesn't serve anything or Mm -mm. in in any, any aspect of, of life. Mm -mm. So how do we start to recast? I mean, even as, as adults, like I'm hearing things like, you know, as we talk about, this is, Clearly need I'm clearly recognizing where I need to do some work. Yeah. What are some of the things that, you know, folks can start to do? Are there are there like, you know, indicators? Uh are, are there ways we can start to do this on our own? Should we reach out for help, resources? How do we how do we start? If we're thinking about this and, and feeling some resonance, yeah. What is what are what might some next steps be? I think the first step is slowing yourself down when it comes to your food a little bit and Mm -hmm. being more thoughtful about how you choose your food. Are you hungry? Am I hungry right now? If I am hungry, what do I want? I know I ordered this, but is this what I want? Like I really encourage people to just slow down for a second and ask themselves more questions about their food. It might seem really basic and it might seem like, no, I know it's not a big deal, but oftentimes we'll decide what we want before our body ever tells us, right? We'll say tonight I'm gonna have Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. You never it's mm-hmm. it's it's 10 a.m. You didn't even give yourself a chance <laughs> to decide. Like you didn't Why are you give talking your body. To me? I'm just you never you didn't even give yourself a chance to decide Ooh. if that's what you want. You just mentally right. made a decision that your body has no say in. <laughs> Right? Slow down. Like, let's just... We look forward to food, though, Dr. Kelly. Sometimes... Jay, Jay, sorry. Sometimes we we look forward. We look forward. I'll speak for myself. Yeah. There are times where I look forward. Like, if I know that I have a long day of meetings... Yeah. Or if I know that, you know, I've had a long week, mm-hmm. I'm going to, to say, oh, I can't wait. I'm Friday. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have whatever, yeah. you know, the whatever I want that week. Is that like, <laughs> how, 
thing of food as a reward is is I know not good, right? It's but not bad. there are some like emotional and comforting aspects oh, of enjoying food, absolutely. right? So, so absolutely. How do we kind of strike that balance? So because <laughs> I don't want to get sometimes I do want a chicken a chicken tender from Chick fil A. <laughs> of course you do. I deserve. Of course you do. Food is a reward, <laughs> right? Food is not just for your bot, your the building blocks of yourself. No, food is also emotional. It's social. You eat it when you're happy. You eat it when you're sad, right? Food is a big thing that is mm. a part of our lives. And I'm actually, I don't have any problem with emotional eating. I think it gets a bad rap. Emotional eating mm. is your body's way of saying it needs some soothing and it needs some care, okay? So if mm. you're eating because you've had a long day and you need that boost, take that boost. The challenge is just making sure that that's not the only way you're soothing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That you're taking some time to say, food does soothe, it absolutely does. But so does Mm -hmm. meditating, so does taking a bath, Mm -hmm. so does taking a walk, so does journaling, right? And it's becoming aware that that's what you're doing. So I don't ever have any problem with people eating when they're having a hard time, do it. I just hope Mm -hmm. that you're spending enough time with your emotions to really find out what other things you can do so that you're not just leaning on food. And I think as Black people, historically, how many things did we have at our disposal mm-hmm. to reward ourselves with when things were That's hard? That's all we had. Few, mm-hmm. very, very few, not, not very, many. very many. So it's no yeah. surprise that food plays such an important role in our culture and that mm-hmm. we do have problems when it comes to but it just tastes so good. And I, you know, there's a lot going on with Mm -hmm. how we approach food, but emotional eating as a rule is not a bad thing at all. It's just that most times we do it and we're not aware of it. And so it becomes Mm -hmm. the only way that we soothe and then we start to create another problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am so much, I did not know how this, not that I didn't, I didn't know how this conversation was going (laughs) to, like you know this is cool (laughs) you know yes this is gonna be this is so good I'm so glad you came and I I would ask you if you would to come back please of course because I feel like we're gonna have a barrage of questions and comments and I'd love for the the listeners to be a little more integrated to be able to Pick your brain some more yeah. because Dr. Dr. Kelly, you are it. I love this. <laughs> yes. We need this it's as a people. <clears throat> For sure. And I wanted to ask, is this a sure. personal point of privilege? Because yes. <laughs> this is something that has really been tapping my last nerve. So I think Instagram and social media, social media play a very unique role in mm-hmm. all of this, right? Especially in the age of Nutriburst. And all, of, all of these, all of these systems. Yeah. Where you have, you know, I'm thinking about these cleanses, these and detox these teas, and these flat tummy oh, teas. Girl. All of these things, mm-hmm. these contraptions, mm-hmm. these gimmicks, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is shaping a generation that I'm very concerned. Absolutely. Very concerned about. Absolutely. Um, mm. As someone, as I've disclosed with my own set of like food and exercise trauma. Mm-hmm. I am seeing people now rely on these cleansing pills, which is nothing but laxatives. Like I just feel like there there is no way that it can be anything other than that's all it is. Right. No, it's no way that it's anything other than that. Right. Nothing else. And Mm -hmm. so I'm seeing people post these laxatives, these cleanses, 
in the, on the same pages where they're posting Hennessy chicken wings and they eat this and then they... So say, I'm going to eat my Hennessy wings and then I'm going to have my cleanse yeah. and then every and then I'm going to post my, and it's my like, tummy oh, no, tuck. baby, you got a <laughs> And my waist disorder. trainer, right? I'm going to put that waist... Oh. Yeah, and that don't even look right. No. That don't even look normal. That's no. not healthy. No, it's not. Your waist should not be the size of a coffee mug. No. That's how not right. We, how do we start to resist these narratives? Mm-hmm. How how do we combat all of this misinformation that is being spread about the mm-hmm. Blue Ivy's internet? Well, we, <laughs> we listen, we have to call things as they are. We have to really say what those things are. We have to say that's because the detox teas, the flat tummy teas, the waist trainers, those things have black people in a choke hole. Choke. Choke. Oh. It's all, but Jesus. nobody wants to call it what it is. Nobody wants to say this is disordered eating behavior that they're trying to wrap you into. And it is addictive. Those uh, laxatives, the thing that they do is they'll clear you out and then make you bloated. And then what happens mm. when you feel like your stomach is sticking out too much? You do it again. And then the mm-hmm. same cycle happens over and over. And there's some real, like, serious damage that can happen to your intestines with overuse of laxatives. Waist mm-hmm. trainers, they can create internal damage by, by mm-hmm. smushing your organs into places that they shouldn't be. Mm. And again, you know, because... And people work out in them. People which work is, I feel out like in them. Adding insults to Yes, injury. they work out in them. And, you know, again, we have to address the myth that the only people that have anorexia are people that just want to be thin. People can have, I see a lot of anorexia behaviors in people that just want a flat stomach and a small waist. They don't want to change anything else, but they want that small waist and they're going to extreme length to get it. So we have to. And then they're getting and they're preaching to other people about how they need to go to extreme lengths. Absolutely. Because, oh, baby girl, you're not shaped like a Coke bottle. Absolutely. Don't, that's right. so dangerous. Absolutely. Plies, well, yeah. Plies got I, out I think there it goes both ways. Plies got out there oh, and what? said something that I was like, I, you know, I like that. He said, the oh, I thought I you were about to scare me because we no, love Plies. No, no, I, was like, <laughs> I, I thought we was like, we no, be over here like, no, no. thank God for Plies. I be, <laughs> saying some stuff he was like the he only has a people, word he, he has, has a, a timely word he has all, a, a timely word all the time real simple clear hood timely way of explaining word. yes and he said the only men that care about perfect bodies are ugly men that's it <gasps> that's what Maybe. he said that's huh. true <laughs> it's true it's so true though it's, it the truth. it's so true but social it's media always a nigga i would never look at who always has an opinion exactly. about a woman and, 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 but social media makes you think that that's all men, right? Because those are the people that have the most followers. Not. That's what gets promoted over. And over. It's not mm-hmm. true. It is not mm-hmm. most yeah. men that want a woman who was built by a surgeon. That's not most men. Again, I'm not downing women that choose to do that, but I do mm-hmm. want to make it clear that you don't have to do that in order to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You don't have mm-hmm. to have a bunch of money. You don't have to do that to stunt and show people that you're, coming up in life that's not you don't have to do that to your body Mm -hmm. but again Mm -hmm. we have to call it like it is we have to say Mm -hmm. that's a diuretic that's a laxative that's Mm -hmm. just some contraption that that squeezes your organs like it's Mm -hmm. no different than what you see the thin white women doing that we feel so much better than because 
we love thick bodies. We da, 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 da. we're not like yeah. them. No, nope, we're we're mm-hmm. doing the same stuff. We're hurting our people in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Losing mm-hmm. thirty pounds in a six week challenge is not not good. good. It's it not, not a good <laughs> and thing. It's not sustainable. It's not. The other thing about diets mm-hmm. is that exactly ninety five percent of them fail. Ninety five percent of diets fail. And there's something I'm a witness. Right, they fail, right? And they fail because the body doesn't appreciate being starved. That's all. It, yeah. That's all it comes down doesn't to. Doesn't like it. They fail mm-hmm. because the body, the human body, wants to survive, and it will survive at all costs. So mm-hmm. it's not because of willpower. It's not because you didn't. You're not strong enough or mentally capable. It's because mm-hmm. your body likes to live. It needs food mm-hmm. to live. So it is going to sabotage any attempt to starve it. So we yeah. have to really be honest about these things. And we, it's hard. We do. We have to be honest about what, have these conversations within our communities. Earlier on, you you spoke about how, because I know getting grown is a space where we primarily are talking to Black women, but we sure. also have many other people who listen to the show. Yeah. And you talked mm-hmm. about marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. We Kia and I specifically have a very large LGBTQ Yeah. A community of of family, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And I've family. noticed, and you know, maybe somebody won't be happy about this, but I love y'all for real. I've noticed that there's a huge issue within the community, especially when it comes to our black men yeah. in the community with body shaming mm-hmm. and also that same extreme behavior mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. weight. And, and it starts with the mentality, I'm fat. And I'll be looking at some of them and I'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. So... I love that you're doing this work for all of the marginalized communities Absolutely. where we don't have these conversations. Right. Enough. It's for everybody. And the LGBTQ community, community is hit hard by yeah. eating mm-hmm. disorders, by body yeah. image issues, by what you were describing, mm-hmm. which is body dysmorphic disorder, where you see one thing and the rest of the world yeah. sees something else. It, they're hit hard by it. And again, yeah. it's, it's sort of socially accepted and culturally accepted in the community yes. that like, oh, well, you know, I'm gay. So, you know, we have a different standard mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Yes. No, no, it's not okay. It's, it's harming not. you. It's harming others. Mm-hmm. And it is creating a culture of people who have a hard time sitting with themselves and loving mm-hmm. and appreciating themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, it my the work that I do is specifically for marginalized communities not because i don't you know i work with white people all the time and i love working with anybody who needs help but when it comes Mm -hmm. to awareness when it comes to really talking about the basics and trying to sort of let people know that there's options out there there's other ways of thinking about things i do have a special passion for marginalized communities because i think we've been left out of the conversation for so long I agree. Oh, Dr. Kelly, you are such a blessing. Oh, We're so you. grateful to have you come sit with us at the kitchen table. Please promise us you will come back. I will come back. I will happily come back. Okay. Amazing. Absolutely. We're going to put all of your, uh, we're going to put your website and information to get to access your social media in okay. our description box. Um, and I, I'll let you guys know now that I follow Dr. Kelly on Instagram. That's actually how I learned about all of her, her brilliant work. Um, and she just did an awesome uh, self-love series around mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Um, I, 
unpacking all the ways that we can use the five love language to love ourselves, Mm -hmm. to understand Mm -hmm. what our love languages are. We always think about that through the lens of how do we love other people, but there's, it's so important. And so like, you know, Black History Month, I mean, all year long, really, but our focus has really been on unpacking self-care um, getting it away from that trendy, you know, it's more than pedicures and massages, right? But what are the things that we really need to to do to to address the trauma, uh, what it means to be a black a black woman, black person um, in in this in this world that's never really welcomed or affirmed us? But thank you, Dr. Kelly, for coming. Yes. Thank you for to having share me. Your brilliance. I have fun. Yes. Thank you guys so much. All right, you all, you go hear Dr. Kelly again. Please, yes, you know, your hit us with your in. questions and your comments, and we are going to reach back out. So we will see you all for the next segment. Just give us just a moment, and we'll be right back. Saturday, February 26th at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central on BET, Anthony Anderson hosts the 53rd NAACP Image Awards. This year's celebration of Black excellence salutes the best and brightest in film, TV, music, literature, and activism. Nominees include soul duo Silk Sonic, media mogul Queen Latifah, comedy maven Tiffany Haddish, leading man and MC Will Smith, ballet icon Misty Copeland, author and activist Tarana Burke, and many more. Film icon and civil rights advocate Samuel L. Jackson receives the Chairman's NAACP Image Award. An acclaimed author and scholar Nicole Hannah-Jones receives the Social Justice Impact Award. See who takes home the trophies on the 53rd NAACP Image Awards. Premiere Saturday, February 26th at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on BET. Search and post using hashtag NAACP Image Awards. For updates on special award honorees, performers, and more, visit BET.com. Hulu has the shows and movies you love and is committed to providing a platform for Black stories to continue to be seen with the Hulu Black Stories Hub. Watch Women of the Movement, produced by Sean Carter and Will Smith, in all seasons of Snowfall in Atlanta. Go see what Franklin Saints been up to. Catch up on Queens, Grand Crew, Blackish, and our favorite, Abbott Elementary. Binge RuPaul's Drag Race at the Catwalk. Power, Queen Sugar, and Tyler Perry's Have and Have Nots. Plus Hulu Originals, Wu-Tang, and American Saga, Woke, and more. With all those plus classics like Living Single and docu-series like Your Attention, Please and Black Love and Hulu original movies like The United States versus Billie Holiday and Onyx Collective's award-winning documentary, Summer of Soul, you can find stories and storytellers that highlight and celebrate Black history, past and present, on Hulu's Black Stories Hub 365 days a year. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. Honestly, truly, our honesty box this week is actually in response to our honesty box last week for Mary J. Thighs. But I wanted to read it aloud because I also think that if there are any other listeners or anybody who's in community with somebody who's kind of in the same predicament that Mary J. Thighs is in, this might be helpful information, Mm -hmm. especially in the New York area. Because um, it is very important to make sure that you're looking at the spe- specificities of 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 the location. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because everywhere has different rules. But oh, we'll just call her Vanna White. Yes, <laughs> Vanna White says, "Hey y'all!" In your last episode, Mary J. Thighs wrote in asking about a mentor in construction engineering. 
I think Mary J says she's in New York, so I'd suggest she connect with the local National Society of Black Engineers, NSBE oh, chapter. NSBE. I'm an environmental engineer and find the NSBE NSB. DC chapter to be in NSBE. Mm-hmm. Is it NSBE? Yes. That's, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. This is a familiar like organization. Anne. Yeah, there was a NSBE. Yeah, I was, <laughs> there's a NSBE chapter on all college campuses but yes nesby i'm sorry i just i wasn't interrupting you okay just saying no that thank you. was an easier way to say it than nsb it absolutely <laughs> is because this is a tongue fuck um <laughs> i'm an environmental engineer and find the nesby dc chapter yes. to be invaluable in establishing an engineering community some nesby chapters also have mentor programs so they may be able to pair her with a mentor another option could be the society of hispanic professional engineers Spi, mm-hmm. i'm gonna call it <laughs> so hope this helps and thanks uh thank you all for all that you two do that's from vanna white thank you so much vanna white for writing in yes. marriage and thighs. I hope you're listening and that I hope that is a helpful route. And you also should be expecting an email very soon as well on this end. But I hope that that, that sounds very promising. Absolutely. And like something that's very specific, specifically tailored for that role. For sure. We love to hear it, see it, smell it. Yes. So this is why the honesty box is important. Undefeated. Make sure you all send them in to getting grown podcast at gmail.com because you know this is a giant community. It's not yes. just Kia and I. We're working with we're all working together. So yes. I love that it's I love that it's an ecosystem. Absolutely. Are we ready to move on to the black women's self-care? Let's get into the self-care. I deserve oh, so my self-care this week. So it's a three-day weekend, uh-huh. and I was like, you know, things got a little out of pocket in the crib. You know how it is throughout the week. So I said, I'm going to take Friday, and I'm going to really get busy and, you know, getting some things cleaned up. Or was that Saturday? Saturday, actually. Saturday, I'm going to take, some, you know, take my time to do that. Yes, because Friday we film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was like, I'm just, and, you know, really get into it and enjoy my process. Because we, we've been having a cleaning lady recently who is absolutely amazing and has been helping to keep my mind in order while I've been in school. But, uh, you know, because of, you know, just, you know, scheduling things mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I had to do it myself this week. So I said, get into your cleaning bag, bitch, because you love it. <laughs> but that's not the self-care. All right. The self-care was I was very intentional about what time I was going to stop. And I said, once I stop cleaning, you know, because every because you, you want to chill in a nice house. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to sit in this bathtub. I have a bath pillow. Yeah. I got myself three types of Epsom salt. Ooh. Lavender, uh, Himalayan, Himalayan pink salt, and then also hemp. Um, and the hemp salt has, uh, it's got sativa in it for relaxing your body. Mm-hmm. And it also has bergamot and thyme. So mixed all three of them together, made myself a bath put the step stool next to it, set up my iPad and poured myself a giant glass of wine, which I usually have a very hard rule about not bringing a beverage into the bathroom. But I was like, fuck it, we ball. And <laughs> poured myself a giant glass of wine. <laughs> I was like, it's clean. It smells like bleach in here. Yes. And I had the best bath and I watched Heavenly Mexico Bites. Oh, God. Which y'all have to watch on Netflix. That's hilarious. Okay, it is about... 
all these amazing, delicious bites throughout Mexico and like the various families and companies that have them. The very first episode is about micheladas, mm. which is a beverage uh, made of like beer and hot sauce, essentially. I would, I would but that, all the sure. different types. It's such a dope show. Um, so I sat and watched uh, Heavenly Mexico Bites and had a sea salt bath and drank my wine. And then after I, I you know, I let everything out, I took a shower, turned <laughs> off the iPad and, you know, got my meditations on. And I said, this was just everything I needed at the end of a cleaning day. And I I'm so it. glad I was really intentional about doing that. So that's my self-care this week. Uh, what you amazing. got? I love that. And I, I said, Michael, yeah. my next um, <clears throat> my next home will have a bathtub that I can fit in. Amen. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I had like, you know, on my list of things when I was looking for this home, you know, a bathtub was on there. I had to make some compromises. Um, I do have a bathtub and, you know, I just, I don't fit into a standard tub. And mm -hmm. hopefully I can, you know, make some adjustments soon to get a, a real bathtub Fair. in this jank, but I know for sure that Fair. my next home will have a bath because mm -hmm. I too enjoy. You better speak it. I enjoy just yeah. a warm bath. So you like you're really you're really too long for your bathtub. I have not fit into a bathtub since eleven, twelve. <laughs> um, that's is that is discrimination. So I like, mean, I I can my leg. I'm just saying I cannot. It's not that I'm too sit. long. I mean, I can sit in okay. it, but it's like half my mm -hmm. body is out of the water. Either way. Yeah, your knees is up and Either shit. my knees are up or yeah. my legs are down and then my whole upper body is out of the water. Yeah. So it yeah. is. It is no, that, yeah. That's not a real bath. No. That's not a bath. It is That's not. like a kiddie pool. Absolutely. And so these are tall yeah. people issues that you know, it's fine. We're we're going to be okay. Understood. But I'm glad that you yeah. were able to enjoy <laughs> that that was wonderful <laughs> you deserve that um and i'm excited that that is how you took care of yourself Thank specifically you so this week mine is really not as elaborate or luxurious i that's okay decided so you know i wanted to sort of put this out there because as i was talking to you you know i have a team of people who keep me together i got a nail tech i got mm -hmm. you know my mm -hmm. my you know colorist barbers mm -hmm. you know someone who you know does so the person who does my nails doesn't do my feet my feet you of know course. i have a relationship you know with me and anna anna takes care of my toes and i had a conversation <laughs> had a conversation with anna this past saturday i got a pedicure and she was talking to me about she was like you know kia you're my loyal client my long-term client and i i take my clients through these uh you know we have to sort of break up the routine and and prioritize different things she was like you know there are people who come okay. and they get their toes done just for the aesthetics right she's like but we're getting older mm. and it's really important that we also prioritize making sure that our feet and toes and are healthy as well mm -hmm. and so she put me on a gel polish break she i've been getting gel okay. polish on my toes pretty much exclusively mm -hmm for a long time and she was like we mm -hmm. need a gel polish break she was like you're not i'm mm -hmm. not dealing with any fungus or nothing's terrible or wrong but she was just like i noticed over time that gel polish and the chemicals in it 
it's not you it's you you know you have to give your your skin a break from it a br- a uh, you have to get yeah. a breather you have to pull back and she was like i'm gonna you know i think while it's still the winter months and we're not wearing our toes out you know just mm-hmm. yet now is a perfect time for you to to um you know be you know get used to your feet just be okay without Cause I was leaning on the white polish. I'm not gonna hold you up. I mean, you know, it's just a crutch. Listen, for white me. polish is associated with you. It is. Yes. I I don't. It's I haven't staple. seen your feet without white polish. Exactly. And I don't know how long. Exactly. So it's become very much a staple in my life. And she was like, you know, listen, you've got good toes, and I want you to keep good toes. And so I'm telling, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just encouraging everyone to sort of you know just every time just give yourself a breather from things mm-hmm. um and so i didn't get white polish on my toes i got clear nail polish on my toes for the first time okay in my life in all almost 39 <laughs> years of living i have never gotten clear polish on my toes wow and so i you know the last couple of days i've been looking down like whose feet are these but <laughs> I'm working through it and I'm learning to embrace. I love that you're taking care of yourself. I'm learning to embrace these naked toes. I am. <laughs> they are mine. You should do it. Take a break through the, through the winter months yes. and just wear, you know, just get your white polish in the summer. That is what Anna was saying. And I was like, listen, baby step me, but here we are. I'm here. Cause I'm I definitely do gel in the summer. Yes. Just because I'm like, it's just more I'm convenient. not going. Yes. Yeah. I don't want this chippy, chippy bullshit, no. but t- through the winter, these feet be white and naked. I bought a, um, I bought a strengthener and she was like, you know, mm-hmm. once a week, I want you to use this strengthener in between your pedicures. Once just put this strengthener on your toes. Um, and just to sort of, we're just going to, you know, she said, pour mm-hmm. some love and nutrition back into your toes for a little while. Yes. She was like, because, you know. You can also rub them with coconut oil. Yes. And she was just talking about how over time, you know, you know, we don't really realize how much these sort of habits and things can be. She's like, you know, how many people come, you know, she's like, you get your toes done. Yes, you take care of your feet. She was like, things happen, but you can sort of mitigate some of the sort of natural things that happen to your to your feet with age. Um, if you just sort of By be more intentional about taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And, and so I am slowly inching my way to embracing my natural feet. That's what I happening. love it. I think that's a very big self-care actually. It's hard out here. Because that's 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 not an easy thing to embrace things that we, you know, it's a are challenge. sometimes not our favorites. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I'm over here. I like, know how you feel. Look at these naked toes. But they're not bad. <laughs> they're not I have to say that she was like, Listen, all, you made it through the pandemic with no nails. True. And I was so scared. First of all, Jay, you have to know I had anxiety in my body. And I couldn't even look at the toes as she was doing them. I was just like, looking <laughs> I was just, you know, sitting back in the chair with my eyes closed. And so when she was finished, I looked down and I was like, oh, they're not bad feet. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I thought. And you always talking about your feet. And I'm like, I don't know what I thought feet. was what I was expecting. I don't know what I she was like, oh, no. She like, was like, they feet. she was like, these are not bad feet. She was like, girl, she was like, there's no discoloration. These are healthy toes. These are good toes. There's nothing wrong yes. with your feet. And I was like, these are not. These are not bad toes. These are not bad toes. So I need to get a yeah. to. I've been hiding these toes 
<laughs> and it's like, girl, the toes are good. They could be For worse. What? Yeah. The to- they could be, they worse. could be worse. Listen, I got an aunt who, man, I'm not even going to put her out there like that. No, I already did. It. Her feet are crazy. But anyway, <laughs> they are <laughs> Crazy. After years of dance. Woo! I can only imagine. Shall we move along to our petty peeves? And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. Petty peeve time. Mine is pretty petty. Mine is pretty petty. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter. Wanted to circle back here because it bears repeating. Uh, Portia from the Real Housewives of Atlanta um, has a sister named Lauren. We all know her. We're mm-hmm. familiar with her sister Lauren. Lauren has a daughter named Bailey. Mm-hmm. Bailey's name is spelled incorrectly. <laughs> oh. No. And I say this, like I said on Twitter, as a person whose name has extraneous, unnecessary vowels. (laughs) This is not me shaming anyone. I'm just speaking from a place of experience. Because when I think of young Bailey's life, and when I think of her time in school, her learning experiences, I am worried. Because there are rules that she is learning in her classes about how letters and vowels work and function. And what would it mean to her if her own name defies these rules? Can you imagine what kind of dissonance she will experience, right? So Bailey's name is spelled B-A-L-E-I-G-H. So if you are, it's like just... It is like Raleigh Durham, like Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. a B, right? Yeah. So yeah. the the yeah. vowel A, you know, there are sh- there's short A, va- there's a short A vowel, and there are long A's, mm-hmm. and there are rules and conditions for <laughs> when the which form the vowel takes, right? So mm-hmm. my thing mm-hmm. is what happens if you know, you know, when Bailey's in school and she sees the word Raleigh, what kind of confusion that child will find herself in? Because, because how, if, if Raleigh is Raleigh. Oh yeah. So she would be Bali. Bali. Her name is Bali. Which I mean is If beautiful. it was, this is the thing. No, but if she wanted it to be Bailey, it would just need to be B-A-I-L-E-I-G-H, not B-A because the rules are the rules. Yeah, no, th- this is you're right. I didn't even yes, because you know I was sitting here trying to look at like yes. envision it, and yes. I was like, oh, so it is. Yeah, it that is, is Bali. It's Bali. It's not Bailey, and it it does nothing but concern me. That unless we change Raleigh and call it really, but I just feel like you can't. There are <laughs> rules. There are there are rules, and so I'm concerned. And so I, when I tweeted it, I was like, "Who is going to tell Lauren?" I mean, I feel like it's just water under the bridge now because you can't change the child's name. Yeah, no. But it's done. it is it's done. it is just like, whew, this is unfortunate because she's going to have to fight all her life. 
And you know, and you are, and you I, do speak very firsthand of that struggle. Yes, because my name yeah. is a perfect example. Because why yeah. the Y in my name is a vowel, so it fits. Because just like you say words like symphony and typical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you say takia, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say typical. You wouldn't say symphony, right? You would say, right. you know, so that Y, you know, can go both ways. And there are yes. no such rules. You know, though that's the sort of the rule as it relates to why. I'm saying that there's a rules as it relates to the letter A that were not followed in the case of this poor child's name. And as a result, yeah. it is it is when we see her and introduced to her, they say her name is Bailey, but on paper it is Bali. And that's just that's just it is Bali. Yeah. That is just <laughs> that is just my petty pee for the week. And I love Lauren, and I think Bailey is precious. I don't have any, yeah, you know. Lauren seems to have good. You know, I don't have any. This is not a dig. Sweet. This is not. Uh, I oh, hate, no. You know, I'm not No, dragging. you're speaking from firsthand I'm experience. that I know what it's like to tell people that, like, to have people come at you and be like, what's what's this? What is this name? What is that? <laughs> like, what? Like, and so I understand. I understand. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe my, I'm yeah. speaking from my own trauma. This child might never have, might not have any of that, and I hope that she doesn't. But when I see it, that's just where my mind goes. But that's my petty. No, you definitely said it's Bali. It's It's Bali, Bali. I um yeah, and I told you I get irritated because people add extra shit to my name. My name's four letters, one syllable. I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Simple. It'd be they add Jada, Jaden, Jada Kiss, all kinds of things, and it's just you could just keep it right at Jade. It's so much easier for all of us. Um, it's not complicated. I think I already said this as well, perhaps on Jaden XD, but it also bears repeating because I hate this nigga. Um, I got put out of a cab the other day. Oh, I didn't hear this story. Uh, yeah, I got put out of a cab the other day. Um, and I'm so glad that I had a witness because mm. I was like, you know, these stories could sound. <laughs> Like I just be out here trying to fight niggas, mm-hmm. but you know firsthand yes. I don't. Yes, I know. I was on a phone with my homegirl Jasmine as I'm on my way to school. So I'm leaving. I'm we're like we're on the phone as I'm getting ready. So she's on the phone with me as I'm, you know, bopping out of the out of the building to go get in my cab. I have the same routine every morning. I get in the cab, give them my name, say good morning, mm-hmm. give them my name, mm-hmm. and then I ask them to take the route. That is 30 minutes less than the other route. 30 minutes is a long time. Which yes. is through the tunnel. Yes. yes, it is. So, never a problem. It's always the same. I get in this cab that morning and I say, hello, good morning. Cab for Jade. Um, can you, you know, can you make sure that you're taking the tunnel, please? Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of the bridge. And I saw that he had, most of them have the tunnel up. So they're like, oh yeah, no problem. It's only been once or twice somebody's had the the bridge up for the for the GPS, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, can you can you do a different route? Mm-hmm. So I saw he had the bridge up, which is literally putting me half an hour late for class. When I get to school every day, fifteen minutes early, mm-hmm. like I schedule it, like clockwork. Can you please take the the tunnel instead of the bridge? Lyft does not pay me to take pay tolls. They do not pay me. 
I just started screaming at me off rip, which is oh. why I was so glad I had somebody on the phone so they could hear this shit. Because she immediately is like, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm so he starts screaming. I said, you're going to have to bring your octaves down. Please. By several. I mean, Stop yelling at me. I was like, and I need you to please take the tunnel. I will pay you in your tip for the for the toll, if that's the case. I just need you to please take the tunnel because the bridge is going to make me late. I don't, that is not my problem. And he is screaming at me. So I said, okay, I'm, I've had enough of you motherfucking screaming at me. <laughs> like, I've had enough of this. I already asked you nicely one time to stop fucking screaming at me. I was like, now I'm getting ready to start talking at you. Take the motherfucking tunnel. <laughs> oh, gosh. I am demanding you don't take the fucking bridge and stop goddamn screaming at me, nigga. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So... He says, I'm going to put you out of my car. I said, you know what? Cool. Because we don't even need, I don't even need this shit for to start my day. I was like, you have some kind of fucking problem. I was like, I asked you very nicely. I was like, and I don't know what got up your ass before you picked me up. I was like, but I'm done with this. Cool. I'm going to get out of this car and I'm going to tell Lyft that you're an asshole. So I get out and I leave the door open (laughs) because... It's the petty peas. You've just got, got, to, be got to be myself. But Jasmine is giggling in the phone, and I'm not even realizing it because at this point I'm just hot. But she, after I calmed down, I called another cab and all that. She's still on the phone. She says, "You know, you told that man as you were getting out of his cab four times something bad was going to happen to him today." <laughs> oh God! And she said, "And hey, you spooked the shit out of him because." He just starts screaming, nothing is going to happen to me. Nothing is going to happen. She goes, but the fear, the fear that he had. I said, did I? I was like, well, I guess I meant it then. I said, if it it came from a subconscious situation, I I guess I meant it. Oh, my goodness. But that's my petty peeve this week, that nigga. Yikes. That sounds awful. Mm -hmm. I'm very sorry. Yes, I got put out of a nigga named Pierre's cab. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. All because he didn't want to take the tunnel. Yeah, this yelling. This yelling is a no-go. This who Ooh, are you baby, talking to? Like, Please, sir. You niggas who have an issue, like, in, and I know what it is. Some niggas just don't like a woman telling them nothing. Huh. That's just what it is. You Jeez. can't tell me anything. You may not ask me. You may not tell but me tell anything him. that you may sound him. like a directive. You asked him. I asked him. I did. And I ask every morning because I believe in treating people with respect until they come out of their fucking face. Then, I'm, then, then, then we can get buck wild. Like, nigga, we can get reckless up in this motherfucker. Well, he but right before one. that, he picked the right one. He really did. <laughs> one. Okay. Oh, he did. You picked the right Ooh, one. Oh, he did. You really did. You got on today. Whoa, what a time. So that is. That was my petty peeve this week. And that is another episode of Getting Grown. Once again, thank you so, so, so much to Dr. Kelly for coming through. Yeah. And and shedding so much light, you know, around eating disorders. That's not a conversation that we have enough within our community. Um, So we're so grateful that she came and shared space with us. Please, again, send any questions, comments, all of that to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have Dr. Kelly back again with uh, you all's questions um, and interaction from the audience. So sister, tell them what else to do. Absolutely. Make sure that you are minding the business that is yours because that is how you keep your mind, your consciousness moisturized. That's how you keep your spirits high and lift it up. Mm-hmm. 
and, you know, just flying above all of the haters. You also mm-hmm. want to do your very best to, to drink as much water as you possibly can because that's how you keep your insides moisturized, right? Everything mm-hmm. that's living and growing is moisturized. Nothing that's dry and dead and dying, okay? We need all sort of life just breathing and flowing through us at all times. So you want to facilitate mm. that process by drinking as much water mm-hmm. as you possibly can. And finally, essential to your health oh, and man. wellness is the moisture of your skin, okay? You want to make sure that, Touch. especially as we are sort of, you know, hopefully rounding out this winter season, dealing with these cooler, Oof. drier temperatures and things, it is in your Oof, best finally. interest to every day grab you some lotion oil butter and moisturize Mm -hmm. your skin why sis because your black will absolutely crack if it's dry correct finally winter (laughs) is gone (laughs) what a mess bye y'all bye Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.